the default of democracy. Welcome to the Default of Democracy podcast. And boy, do we have to talk about the default of voting in the city elections. I feel a little upset, Christian, because I feel like all of our talk on this podcast did not help bring people out to vote. But this is Nancy Sims. And Christian Shamir. We're here to talk about politics. So we do want to start with the national level. We have a new Speaker of the House. We'll see if he lasts beyond this budget bill since the last three speakers have been run out for compromising with Democrats, and it looks like he may have to do the same. But Christian, something we've been talking about all all our podcasts long is because I'm 64 and you're 24, is age and the role it's playing in politics these days and how boomers won't let go. Well, the new speaker is 51 years old, and the Democratic majority leader in the House, Hakeem Jeffries, is 53. So they're actually a moderate age for leadership and have many years to go. But the Senate are, you know, late 70s, early 80s. It's kind of crazy seeing, you know, people always talking about, you know, we got to get these old politicians out of office. But now, you know, there's a lot, there's still a lot, a lot of new blood, somewhat new blood. You know, it's not people my age just yet. But, you know, people in their 50s, 60s. But, yeah, like we're seeing a lot of people still holding on. Um, you know, I have nothing against the older generation. It's just, you know, it's time for the new blood to come in and, you know, make some changes. But it is a big contrast now in the House. I mean, Nancy Pelosi went out as speaker uh, and as majority leader and gave her seat over to the next generation. So that's kind of interesting. And we'll we'll keep watching this as we head into the 24 elections, which are now just one year. Away. Oh, a year. But I mean, the Iowa caucuses are in February. They're three months away. We're getting really um, on top of this presidential season. And then at the state level, we just wanted to touch base on the never-ending legislative session uh, that we're now in our fourth called special session to talk about school vouchers. And we already know how them school vouchers always end up. You know, they they always push into private schools. You know, it's like, oh, go private, go private. You know, people think, oh, just because my kid goes to private school, Oh, they're going to get a better education. I mean, we've seen HISD have their problems and all these other independent school districts having their problems in the past. But as for like the private sector of education and public, I did a little mix of both. You know, I was here and there with the public and the private. Yes, there's like, you know, smaller classroom, uh, maybe more um, in-depth, staying in this close proximity with your teacher, actually having like a more personal relationship with them because there's not a lot of students in the classroom. So as for like the overall education improvement with private schools and public schools, I wouldn't say that there's just like, you know, a drastic improvement. And, you know, just because you want your kids to go to private school or public school, I mean, public school is still a good option, especially for, you know, financially strapped people, especially right now. Look at the economy. You know, things are very hard to afford. Well, and of course, the governor's goal and why he keeps calling the legislators back 
is to get reimbursement of tax money from people who pay taxes to public schools but send their kids to private schools. To me, that's a choice you make. I sent my child to private school, and I still paid my HISD taxes. Because what you got to do. I wanted to have a good education system for everyone, but we were privileged enough to send the kid to private school. Well, hey, let's come home and address the city elections. Christian, the turnout was horrible. But we talked about that. We've talked about it, but it was was almost one of the worst turnouts. It was among the lowest turnouts in city elections we've had in the last 20 years. And I mean, it's so important. And we talked and talked about that, but yet people still didn't go vote. I I seen um, an article come out from the Houston Chronicle and they were just getting eyewitness testimonies from a lot of people out in the community. They were asking, you know, if they were going to vote this year and they're like, why do I care to vote? Anything I vote for doesn't matter. So it's like we're seeing this attitude with a lot. And this is younger, older, just, you know, middle-aged people. They're starting to see, you know, they're like, okay, I'm doing all this voting. I'm doing this and that. But, you know, they're saying they're not, their life's not improving. You know, nothing's happening. You know, people are still staying in office that they don't really care to be in office. So I think it's just a more attitude and perspective type of situation, Nancy. Because, you know, you are, you're a renter as well. You know, a lot of people own their homes. A lot of the older people own their homes. You know, they're seeing their property taxes increase. But like me and you always say, you know, you got to vote the people in to vote the correct people in so you can get the your personal things and your family stuff right. Like, you know, the comptroller, all those people, they control all that. Um, so, you know, you not participating, it's, it's I'm not going to say that, you know, it's your fault, but you still got to have your eye on the prize and be out there and doing your due diligence in order to con- try to somewhat mitigate I can that. tell you one thing, Christian. The next person that complains to me about their streets, <laughs> I'm going to say, excuse did you me, did you vote? Because people want to complain, 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 and then they don't want to do the work to make sure you get the elected officials that will lead into change. Now, we do have a runoff in the mayor's race, so the good news is you have another opportunity to vote on December 9th, and we have a runoff in the mayor's race between John Whitmire and Sheila Sheila Jackson Lee, which is pretty much what we We anticipated, but it's a big deal, and it's a serious election, y'all, to pick our next mayor, so hopefully... Turnout might increase because there were 18 candidates for mayor and now there's just two. So you don't have to work as hard. And then there's three, four at-large council council races in runoffs. And there's several district runoffs as well. So there's plenty to vote on, folks. And, I mean, the leadership of the city is at stake. Like the ad, there was a lot of propositions that got passed in this election. The University of Houston, as well as a lot of other public universities, they got a really big... Did you see that they got some, some more funding from the state? There was even, like, the internet proposition. There was the 
Then there like a flood mitigation proposition as well. There was a lot of proposition that passed. Teacher, so yeah, teacher retirement fund. There was a lot of good propositions that got passed, which I think was really good for the city. There was a to increase the the judge's age did proposition not did not pass. <laughs> Which, which goes to our conversation <laughs> yeah. about leadership. Speaking of which, our two mayoral candidates are both in their 70s. Yeah. So, you know, the, now these council candidates have some younger people running, you all. And, you know, if you care about that, get in there and vote for the, the younger go-getters in the council races because we just keep seeing older people running everything. But I did want to talk about, there won't be any propositions, but I wanted to talk about the idea of election fatigue. Yeah. So some people are saying, I'm just tired, you know, because as we just said, the Iowa caucuses for president in 2024 are in February, and the Republican and Democratic primary races, which are so important in Texas due to redistricting, are in March of this coming year. So you're hardly going to, I mean, you're going to vote on December 9th, and then you're going to vote again in early March for state reps and members mm -hmm. of Congress and U.S. Senate. There's a hot U.S. Senate race on the Democratic side to to have the privilege to run against Ted Cruz, <laughs> but, but also, again, again <laughs> um, not that they all have much of a chance, yeah. but it's there. Uh, and so I know you're tired folks. I know you're tired, but representative government cannot be representative if people don't participate in the process. Like we always talk, you know, I get it. Everyone got bills, everyone got life, school, job, you know, kids, everything going on. Trust I got a lot of fatigue as well from voting. It's just, when you go to the polls, it's so overwhelming just seeing all the type of, you know, these people you haven't even heard their names, all these propositions that you might have not, like, researched and looked up. But like I said, you know, you got to take your, your own due diligence and take the time out of your day just to look up a few candidates that might resonate with you and your family values and just take the time to, you know, just do your due diligence. Be a, then just don't default on democracy, you know, just do your part and go out there and vote. Take some time. You got a couple weeks into the upcoming runoff. So just take that time, look up the candidates that are going to runoffs, and then prepare yourself for March. And then this time next year, we already know how that's going to turn out with the Well, we don't. I mean, you know, there it is presidential year and No, I'm saying there's going to be a lot more turnout for lot, that more of than course. this election. Yeah, I mean, more people will turn out to vote Trump Biden than will vote Whitmire Jackson Lee. So, what, you know, John, Senator John Whitmire and Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee are very different candidates yes, and are. I think would lead the city very differently. Christian and I aren't telling you how to vote. We're just asking that you look at the two of them and choose a leader. And these four at-large council races are very important as well yeah. because the item passed that allows three council members to put an item on the city agenda. So again, we're talking about the future of the city, folks, and we need you to really 
focus on getting out the vote for December 9th? Um, we'll see what's gonna happen. We'll be paying attention closely to you know what what Greg Abbott's doing with these special elections. They only meet a couple times, special yeah, sessions. with their special sessions. They you know they only meet once every couple years. So yes, but he keeps calling yeah. them back for special <laughs> sessions. So they have met most of this year when normally they're supposed to meet 140 days every two years. This is the most work they've ever done in their whole lives. <laughs> Well, it's certainly the most se special sessions that have been called back to back to back like this in in recent years. Yes. And I mean, he is determined to pass that bill. But hey, you can give your opinion on on uh, the Texas legislator in March. Meanwhile, can we say December 9th again? And again. December 9th. <laughs> and again, because we want you to put it on your calendar. Hey, it's a Saturday, and I know you'd all oh, yeah. rather be out shopping, uh, but please factor into your calendar while you're out shopping, swing by and vote if you don't early vote, which will start right after Thanksgiving, actually. Early vote will start right after Thanksgiving. I always like the early vote. It gives me a couple, gives me a good few weeks, you know, to just to make sure I get some time set aside to go vote. Because on, voting on election day is, you know, it's very difficult. The, the lines are long sometimes. And it's just a, it's a difficult process. Um, <laughs> they weren't long this past oh, yeah. time, Christian. They weren't long at all because yeah. nobody voted. So um, again, the purpose of our podcast is to remind you to take ownership of your own government and not to default on democracy. So please, please, please put December 9th in your calendar if you live in the city limits of Houston to cast your ballot in the runoff election. Remember, next time you hit that pothole, you know, don't be don't be <laughs> blaming Biden for it. Next time, you know, you seeing your streets flooding, you know, don't be trying to email Joe Biden. Don't be trying to or email Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump. You know, they're not gonna fix your issues. You know, these issues are close to home. You know, you gotta email your local representatives. And if you can even get on the line with, with the city, because I know I be having a lot of problems. Even my trash don't get picked up. So, you know, just try. You can always call 311 and log your issue. But there's not a great response rate at this point no, in time. No, not at all. And so if you care about that, you've got to cast your ballot on December 9th. So Christian and I joined together and say, please, 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 please <laughs> go vote, vote on December 9th. Thank you all so much. <laughs>